Now throws it deep downfield. Tyree, who makes the catch at the 23 yard line. What a play by Manning. And what a catch by Tyree. Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. It against his helmet as he goes to the ground and not dropping it. Welcome to Catch the Moment. I'm your host, David Tyree. We are checking in with some of my favorite people bringing you the process, the journey. Listen, this is special. I got my big bro, Ronaldo Wynn. You know, we're here, we're here on your home turf in Vegas. <laughs> Hanging out with me, man. Thanks for coming through, family. Hey, man. Easy money, man. I'm right <laughs> here. You came to the desert. Uh, hey, you. Can, hey, one word, man. That's all I needed, man. I'm, man, see, I'm this here. is the kind of love that that's that's transformational. Yeah. It could be this simple, man. It could really be this know, simple. Right? You know how how our athlete community is, right? <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, man. Um, that this 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 is really like, you know, I would even say it's almost like a full circle moment for both of us, right? Yeah. I think. And I know it was, you know, 11, 11, 11 seasons, 10 or 11 seasons? 13, 13. Bro, so I'm trying to figure out where do I want to start with your story, <laughs> man. Like, um, the, the the things that I do know are very intriguing. Um, first round draft pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. We talking about old Tom oh, Coughlin, man. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Duval. <laughs> Duval. Yeah. So I'm going to start it right here, man. Like, um, give us some of the background. You're living here in Vegas, but you just kind of put me on. You're actually not originally from here. Right. Um, give me some of the background because what I really want to capture is your, your thought process. What allowed you to arrive, recognize what you were good at, what your passions were, right. and ultimately pave this way through athletics that, that, that's created your life today. Yeah, I mean, not too much different, I think, from a lot of kids in the inner city. Mm-hmm. You know, having that opportunity to play something that, kind of gets you maybe focused mm-hmm. and not being caught up in all the other, you know what I mean, <laughs> crazy stuff, man. I grew up on the south side right in the city, man. and uh, That's the crazy stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. And, and, you know, good thing is I had two parents, you know, and uh, they recognized the, the situation, mm. you know, that was there before me. You, you know, a lot of my buddies falling susceptible to either vice lords or gangster disciples, you know, and uh, – Man, for me, man, sports was my my way to be able to focus in on it. And and my mom and dad, my mom worked at a public school already. Mm. Uh, worked in Inglewood, one of the toughest areas in Chicago, and and didn't want me to go in that same that same situation. And so I was actually uh, slated to go to Simeon, which is on the south side of Chicago, same school that Derrick Rose went to. Okay. Uh, again, nothing wrong with that, but of course, a lot of kids fall susceptible. I mean, they did a uh, documentary about Ben Wilson, who was mm. a great basketball player, was going to be a top draft pick. He ended up getting shot just walking, you know, from the house. So my mom and dad made the sacrifice to put me and my sister in the private school just so wow. we could you know, have that opportunity and not get caught up. Not saying, you know, it's still your decision. but No, absolutely. You know, but for me, man, them making that sacrifice did all, I mean, it did all the um, all the difference, made all the difference. You know, I mean, Chicago is very segregated. Yeah. So it always has been. I've heard it's the city of neighborhoods, right? Oh, man, city of neighborhoods, man. You need to know where you are and don't get caught up just walking one neighborhood or one block over. And so, wow. you know, it's broken up, not even just white and black, but Italians, 
you know, Polish, they don't right? Polish, they don't like each other, the Irish don't like each other, and then you got the gangs uh, bunched in with that Latin Kings, all those type of things, man. So when I went to high school, the point is I had never been around any white folks. You know what I mean? Because the neighborhoods are so segregated, you know, you don't go in the white areas. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, you go in a white area, you know, you got some issues. Uh, so that private school gave me an opportunity to really have uh, relationships with other guys, you know, outside of my neighborhood, outside of my bubble. You know, so a little bit different. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm from Jersey, so we talk about, you know, cities <laughs> to cities, but... That's pretty crazy when you think yeah. about growing up in the 80s, 90, you know, like 80s, yeah, yeah. 80s and 90s and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. it can pop off. You walk into, oh, yeah. into, into still, your Caucasian still, neighborhood. Still to this day. Still mm. to this day, man. Right now, still to this day, those neighborhoods are still broken up in that same type of fashion. You know, I ended up becoming friends with a lot of guys, white guys, and yeah. they would never invite me to their house. You know what I mean? I mean, if I, if, if I went to their house, I, I went one time. I wasn't in the neighborhood, not even for five minutes. I got the N-word called, you know, man, multiple times. Man. You know what I mean? Just going as a young high school kid. So How did that affect you? Like, so, like, that's that's real stuff right here. And obviously yeah. this, this is a hot-button topic. But how did that really affect you and what was built as a resolve of knowing that that was a reality? Well, I, well I knew there was some discomfort when I first, you know, kind of talked about But I was naive. Again, you know, you grew up in a bubble, yeah. a different bubble. Not a not a not a bubble, you know, that's privileged. Yeah. But a bubble that's built from, you know, old, you know, racist roots. You there know, you when Dr. Martin Luther King came to Chicago, he said it that he felt more hate in Chicago when he marched and the Ku Klux Klan was coming through there than he had ever felt in any South. You know, and so I mean this is this is what you're dealing with. And I love my city, man, but oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea that those racial divides were there, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. as a young kid, you know. And so having that opportunity to see that and my buddy kind of felt that same thing, man. And and so th- that was just what it was, man. He never came over to my house. I never came to his house. We were friends within the school. And outside yeah. of that, that, w- that was it. But I, I, know that I knew at that time, man, this is this thing is crazy, man. This is different. Yeah, yeah it's different. So obviously, you, you, you know, you athletics. Was there anything yeah. beyond football? I mean, you you – you 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 big oh, you're man. big dog status, man. Yeah, so man. you know, tell me, you know, Chicago we, Bulls, man. Okay, so you you, know you, I mean? you in the thick of it. So you got your hoop games. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, man, dude. I was uh, I'm the same height that I was when I was in the seventh grade. <laughs> I'm not joking. Me me and my me and my me and my me and my best friend. He was our six two point guard. I was a forward. Six three in the seventh grade. Seventh grade, and you know we were winning Catholic League championships throughout. I mean, Antoine Walker, we battled against Antoine against the rival high the school. Basketball talent in Chicago. Oh, is it's, it's insane, man. So I thought I was going to be six ten or something. Yeah, you know? I kind of tipped my hat. I, I I didn't get into too too many discussions from New yeah. York basketball to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, but the more I hear it as years go by, I kind of tipped my hat to Chicago. I'm from okay. Jersey, so I don't really have that much invested. Right, 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 right. okay. <laughs> but Chicago, you know, just through the years, yeah. as it progressed, I'm like, ooh, oh yeah, it's man. a lot going on there, it, man. It, it is, man. It is. So how? So obviously, you know, you you arrive at the the iconic Notre Dame. You know, so it's clear you had to be successful. Clear yeah. you had the the specs, the framework. What was the most difficult thing, and how did you conclude at you know at Notre Dame, which you know like. There's all the reasons in the world to choose Notre Dame, right? But like I said, coming out of Chicago, yeah, 
what was your what was your goals and expectations as you made that decision? Yeah, so when I was at uh, De La Salle, which is all boy Catholic school, if you know where White Sox Stadium is, we're right across from White Sox Stadium. Okay. So just having that idea of going to Notre Dame, it was like, man, everybody in my school was like, man, that's like going to heaven, man. You know, when you when you, <laughs> when you grow up in a Catholic school and it's all boy Catholic school, I mean, for all those people, and you got to remember, man, I mean, Chicago is probably man over half. Catholic, you know what I mean? Wow. And so a lot of high schools in Chicago, man, you're talking about 30 to 40 Catholic schools and over half of them all boy, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's it's a huge community of, of Catholicism, man. And so people would just say, if you ever had a chance to go to Notre Dame, you take it, you know, and I had that opportunity. Uh, I wasn't the best guy. The difficult part about going was probably believing that, at the end of the day, you go for the moon, man. Even if you shoot the stars, you're going to be in good company. But there's a lot of, you know, uh, consequences of, you know, adversity, man, that comes along with that. And talk about that. Yeah, talk about that. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. get into the thick of it yeah. because ultimately that's yeah. really what, what cultivates the resolve yeah. to have the success that yeah. you have even yeah. up to today. Yeah, so when I figured out real fast I wasn't going to, you know, be uh, elite in basketball because mm-hmm. I stopped growing. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I mean facts. Yeah, That's a facts. bar right I mean, there. I mean, it, it was hurtful. I mean, I went to my high school to play basketball. I didn't go there to play football. I mean, they, they're they the top, you know, uh, in, in in at that time, even in the country, in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I go there my freshman year. I'm 6'3". And, you know, I'm it's looking good for you. It's like, looking good, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freshman, man. We win the Catholic League championship. Yep. As a freshman, I'm I'm MVP on that freshman team. Okay. I'm playing a little, you know, junior varsity. I'm like, man, I'm on my way, man. Well, as I continue to go forth, I mean, my freshman year, we had eight guys go D1. You know, two guys going to and, – and all of them were 6'8", 6'7", 6'6". Our two guards, varsity, was 6'3", 6'4". That's uh, your guards. Oh, yeah. Marquette, Kentucky, the guy that got stumped by Christian Leitner. is not a good thing not being in Chicago. You get stumped Ooh. by a white So boy. he was on the other side of a yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So he, so he got laughed out, out of the gym when he came back. Uh-huh. You know, but just to give you an idea of our talent level. Absolutely. Uh, and the coach just came to me. He said, look, man, I don't know too many 6'3 seniors, man, uh, that are centers. And he said, I think you really need to focus on this football deal. You know what I mean? Wow. I that's, just that's at your senior year. Man, towards your senior, approaching. about junior senior Juniors. year, man, and, and I was already playing football just to stay busy. Of course, you know what I mean. It wasn't really to do anything else, and I really focused in on it, man. It made sense. I said, "All right, I see what you're saying." Well, you talking about Plan B? That was Plan Bust. You done bust that Plan B out, dog. Already, baby. Already, man. Already, man. And, so, and so how? So how does that? How's that shape? Are you? Are you playing D line, linebacker? Like you know, you're I'm, a basketball I'm, player. I'm playing running back. I'm playing running back. Playing running back in football. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm playing running back, and then just playing a little bit of linebacker. You know what I mean on defense. So and, and so when Notre when Notre Dame comes knocking what are they looking at you well Notre Dame came because there was a guy that went to my high school that happened to be a great legend that I didn't even know about it was a guy named uh, Moose Krause uh and he played almost back around the Newt Rockney era mm. back in the day and he was one of the four original horsemen you oh. know what I mean I thought it was a myth man I'm like Listen, the four horsemen any you young know? folks you might not know but that's some he- google it google google the four horsemen you talk about football horsemen, royalty man. yeah man and uh this guy basically said you're gonna go to Chicago and you're gonna give Ronaldo win a scholarship and Notre Dame was number one number two in the rankings and the guy basically said look man this guy is not 
the top player in Chicago. I got other guys I need to go see, but not Ronaldo Win. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he's not up to that caliber of player. Man. And, uh, the guy told me the exact story. He's telling me this as he's in the office with the football coach. He says, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer you your scholarship because, Moose, I can't come back. I may not have a job if I come back and I don't offer you. <laughs> and to give you an idea, Moose Cross, he's got buildings named after him. Moose Cross Athletic Field. You know what I mean? He was an athletic director afterwards. So here's a guy that has big weight at Notre Dame. And, big time. Oh, yeah. And so here I am sitting there listening to this, and he said, I'm going to offer you. But that means you can't take any other visits. I said, I said sir, I, I mean, we hadn't even really started the recruiting process. I, I, I would like to go – to Illinois, I like to. He said, "Well, you know, it's hometown. Go to Illinois, but I need, I need you to go ahead and make a decision right now. If I leave out of here, the scholarship goes with me." I said, Ooh. "I'm taking it, DT. I took, I took it, man. This is some real life <laughs> stuff right here, bro. As, as a young kid without my mom and dad there, you know, I had to make a decision right there on the spot. My coach wasn't in the room. He made sure the coach left. You know what I mean? A guy that I looked Ooh. up to." Uh, and and man, this he, would be this would be bullying uh, right here. This no, time. it was, man. And <laughs> he tried to talk me out of it. Man, when I said, he said, he said, wait, wait, wait. I told you you can't take no other visits now. You, you, you come on. You, <laughs> you sure you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, you sure. He's trying to talk me out of it. I said, I'm taking it. Where's the paperwork? And he's wow. like, All right, you know what I mean. So he gave me the paperwork. He was mad. He was hot, man. Man, I love this because you, you know, like I said, by the time I meet you, you, you know, your your experience vet in the league, so yeah. you always big bro. So I'm, yeah, I'm man. listening to you to yeah, to the man. way your life has unfolded. You've been a grown man, yeah, making grown man decisions yeah, since man. you was a a little, a little boy. Oh yeah, man, that's a grown man decision right that's there. A grown man decision. Man, you talking about you know, um, um, amazing how this thing unfolds. All right, so. So 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 bring me in, like you know, just just briefly because yeah. of course you have us to, to be a first round yeah, pick. Yeah. You were a first round yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. You know, brief, briefly, kind of shape that how you made that transition, yeah. position changes, and you know, and how you arrived in Jacksonville. Yeah. So I would be remiss, man. I mean, my defining moment, real quick, you know, was from that time uh, when I went to Notre Dame. People said I would never play, and just real quick, I got to share my faith. Man, give it to at me at that bro. time. Take your time uh, on that one. Yeah, baby. man. So of course, <laughs> a lot of people told me don't go because I never play. And when I went there, we were the number one recruiting class. I was the last one in that class, and I got a lot of flack about why I shouldn't have been on scholarship because I was the last guy in that number one recruiting class. And so when I went there, I never forget my first one of my first practices was live. You know, it was indoors, so it was loud. Yeah. And Jerome Bettis just ran over our, our, our all-star linebacker, man. And I remember, dude, seeing that this guy is a linebacker, All-American, 250. He ran a guy over. God. Now, I'm at safety because I'm a little small. I'm tall, but I'm, 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 I'm real thin. You know what I mean? My dog so is at safety. The guy, oh, the guy puts me in. He said, this ain't no free blanket scholarship. Get up in there. And I'm looking, it's still the first group in there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the fourth string. You know what I mean? The whole fourth <laughs> string. We up in there. We're about to get ran over. You got Rick Meyer, who's the number two pick in the draft that year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I'm talking to the linebackers in the D-line. Hey, stop Jerome. Because I don't want him to get back to me, man. I'm like, you got to stop this guy. And it opens up, man. And DT, you know, you can't think about it. You got to make a decision, man. I tried to take JB's legs out because I knew I couldn't take him up top. And yeah. he juked the heck out of me, man. I don't even touch JB. <laughs> I didn't see what happened. I closed my eyes. I don't even see what happened. And so, long story short, 
The Lou Holtz runs across the field. He's grabbing my helmet. He's telling me I'm trash. Mm. I shouldn't even be on here. My grandmother's better than you. He's talking bad. He's like, I don't Uncle even want Lou. you to practice. He said, you can't practice. So that first year was my defining moment because I didn't play. I couldn't go to the games, and I didn't even practice. They wouldn't even let me practice. They didn't let you practice. They, they, now, they let walk-ons practice. Like guys like Rudy and all that stuff. They let them guys practice. Whoa. But I couldn't practice. So I'm thinking, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? And so I had a couple of guys that kind of shared some stuff. Urban Meyer was a guy, man, that really was in my ear. A few young coaches was at that time just saying, look, don't quit. Don't so quit. Urban was there back then. He was a wide receiver coach, young wide receiver He recruited coach. me. That's crazy. Oh, man. He recruited me. He recruited wow. me at Notre Dame. Okay. So we, we see that timeline. I'm rocking with you. We see that timeline Amazing. Right there. And so, man, I, I stick around, man, some kind of way, man. And, and – <laughs> And I ended up I couldn't I couldn't practice so I worked out. I had to do what I can control and I gained like thirty pounds. I moved a linebacker, man. I didn't want to move the linebacker, but it was my best decision yep. for me to be what I was gonna be meant to be, man. And I ended up starting the next year. I go from being a nobody to starting on the number two team in the country, man. And that's one thing I, I can't fault Lou for. He gave me an opportunity yeah. to compete. And I was oh, able to start, man. And, and and from there, man, I thought I was on my way, man. But I, I lost my mind, man, like a lot of kids. I let it go to my head. Oh, yeah, tell uh, me. Yeah, and, man. And, and, and I got called into a room about this size with about three other athletes at the end of the semester. And they said, you're the worst of the worst. We, we're, we're kicking you out of Notre Dame. You're done. Oh, snap. And, now, and, I've heard about the academic rigors, yeah. and people don't oh, think it's yeah. real over there in oh, Notre it's Dame. It's real now. Cause you know that's the only that's probably one of the reasons. Reasons I, they they oh, would yeah. they was kind of like teasing the scholarship. Like <laughs> you need to get your grades up, you know. Yeah, I'm man. Like, man, me all these other schools out here recruiting me, dog. Y'all are, yeah, put that paper up. Put put that paper up. But um, right. it's a, it's a real thing. Like Notre Dame, sure Stanford. Talked to you about that. He, that was that was one of the things. He was like, right. man, I see something great in you. You know, you know, because I was like, I was just coasting, man, and and, and I was and I, right. and I did my thing my senior year yeah. to make sure that it was good. easy cruising. Right. But, you know, I'm like, anybody else have no problem handing out scholarships? Right, right. But it's a real thing over there. Yeah, because they, they it's you know, you have the NC2A where they have the, the standard. That's right. But Notre Dame, they want to be want to be above that standard. Come on, which is, which is the biggest reason why we're not able to probably recruit those, those really great athletes because, I mean, the standard is so high. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, guys are not going to go for that now because everybody's on TV. That was one of the sell employees, I'm sure he told you. Every week, you NBC. Notre Dame Broadcast Company. I mean, Notre <laughs> NBC, yeah. But, but no, nevertheless, I mean, that was one of the selling tools. Hey, your mom and dad can see you on TV every single day. Mm. You're the only team to have, you know, a, a, a contract, TV contract. Now everybody's on TV, so yeah. it's not a big deal. Plus the facilities on top of that. Uh, and so, man, I, I'm, I'm getting kicked out, man. And uh, he said, look, I'm just being honest. You won't make it. Your, your grades are so bad. You hadn't been to a class. She, you're not going to make it. Uh, and so for me, man, uh, <laughs> you would think that I would turn things around. All of my roommates, they're getting kicked out. They're like, man, we're canceling our spring trip, bro. We got we to gotta stay here, man. We got to make sure we get our grades right. I said, I'm not canceling nothing. I'm going to the Mardi Gras. <laughs> you was a goon, bro. Uh, he was I was a goon on campus, man. I was you, one of them guys. Man. You was an absolute oh, goon. Oh, man. I, I soloed it, man. I went to the Mardi Gras, man. Wow. Yeah. You literally went to you went to the Mardi Gras by yourself? By myself. 
you're you're definitely a different animal. Oh yeah. So God definitely oh, yeah. did a work in oh, your yeah. life. Now I, did, now I did have some. I, I had a cousin there. Yeah yeah yeah. You met up with some saints or whatever. He said sleep on the floor. I got I got you know you good sleep on the floor. I'm like, Don't yeah. worry, I was a monster. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> do what I got to do. But in the midst of all of that, I saw my wife at the Mardi Gras. Mm. And in the midst of my you know drunk all that stuff, I stepped to her. She had about ten friends there. You know what I mean? I was with a lot of these other NFL guys, so I tried to put on that. Okay, you know, he was putting on. Oh, yeah, I only had Peacocking. I only had one outfit. I only had yeah. one outfit. I wore that thing every night. It was a it, That's it was, what I'm talking it was about. A vest, a vest with no shirt on. Y'all remember when everybody had the vest on. Oh, so you was on your Jodice curl? Yeah, I had my Jodice, man. <laughs> With the, with the baby oil on the arms, man. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, all that. I, I was all that, man. But I went step to her, and I knew it was something different about her. I knew she wasn't going for all the other stuff. I would say stuff to women, and of course, be that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it was something she had standards. Mm, That's boy, the thing that boy, attracted boy. that attracted me to her. Even she more. wasn't no easy. She wasn't no pushover. She wasn't a pushover. Yeah, we got we got some similarities there, man. Oh yeah, we got some oh, similarities yeah, there. Man. And 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 she was the reason why I was able to stay at Notre Dame. I asked her to marry me three months after we met. Uh, how, how old are you, bro? This is nineteen. This, this is insane. I'm nineteen. Okay, <laughs> I'm over here. I'm 19. I mean, you look straight ahead. Nineteen yeah, years old. Oh yeah. So like you know, of course people look. I, I got married at twenty four. Yeah, and it took it took a it took a miracle basically to change me, right? Yeah. But that's that's pretty young these days. Yeah. Nineteen years old. Yeah, so man. you you in an office, you know, as a kid making a decision by yourself to go to Notre Dame. At yeah. nineteen years old, you're making the decision to become a husband. How in the world did her parents let that happen? Well, God allowed that to happen. The prayer that I had, that was real quick, right after I was getting kicked out, was yeah. God. It was, of course, to keep me here. But my second part of that prayer was, man, give me a woman that has my back. I got, I was so empty mm. with, with all the different relationships, uh, you know, being on campus, doing all the things that I was doing. And, uh, and God really pricked my heart, not knowing that in the midst of that, yeah, I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. And he had to cross my path in the Mardi Gras that I would meet her and have that relationship and then ask her to marry me three months after we met. She came down to South Bend. And again, her standards, the first question wasn't for me to marry her. It was her to come down to Notre Dame and just move in. And, wow. she, and she said, no, my mom didn't raise me like that. I'm not a Christian. I believe in God, but there's no way I'm moving in with you unless we're married. So I said, let's get married then. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and so, Boy, you that, are on some I, boss level oh, moves, yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love oh, yeah. that, man. And, and so her mom, you asked me about how did that happen, you know, uh, her mom, I had a chance to meet her mom and dad and, um, you know, have that op opportunity, that conversation. The people that didn't approve of were my parents. That makes sense. Uh, and, my, and that uh, makes sense, yeah. understanding being in the position you are right now. You get kicked out of school. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that doesn't sound too, you know, my dad knows what he's seen the last couple of years. Yeah. It wasn't anything that would stand out in terms of being responsible. And so I'm about to get married now. I mean, my dad disowned me mm. for, for about a year and a half. Uh, all right, so I gotta I gotta pause that real yeah. quick, cause you know I'm all about like how how are we overcoming some of these? Yeah. That's a deep wound, right? Like yeah. I mean, like let's just be honest. I, mean, yeah, I, I know when you have committed relationships like family, yeah. we find ways to get through. Yeah. And obviously, you're 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 clear that you know you're, you God was moving in your life in some amazing ways. Yeah. How do you navigate the, some of that pain? And you know, was there any poor ways that you handled that? Or yeah. How, it, what it, was the evolution of that? It, it was very hurtful. Very mm -hmm. hurtful. Uh, my wife was actually 
on the phone when I talked to my dad about it. Yeah. And he said some things that that, that wasn't nice. Uh, out of, again, what he saw from me mm-hmm. wasn't anything that was responsible. But at that time, God was working on me. I didn't know he was working on me. And, you know, to, to anybody that's listening out there, I mean, sometimes we, you know, oversimplify things, right? Yeah. But I look back and my thought process was simple. Mm-hmm. It was, this is the woman that God gave me. At the end of the day, it's got to be me and her. Yeah. That commitment's got to be me and her. And so many times, outside sources, even though family, yep. they love you. Absolutely. They can be the biggest hurdle when you deal with relationships. Absolute facts. You're dealing with marriage. And, and the couple allows that to be an issue for the relationship. Next thing you know, you two are getting at each other, and it's for somebody else that's hey. kind of come in the middle of that. This is 100% bars right here. We have we have something that we do <laughs> called the marriage circle. Yeah. And that's basically what we talk about, who's inside your marriage circle. Man, you know, it's on. you, your wife, and God. Exactly. And, and Sounds simple, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and we talk about there's other people who are valuable, yeah. right? They're going to add to your to your experience. Correct. But those are the people that, you know, that's that threefold cord that's not easily broken, man. Yeah. You act, Like you said, it was so simple for you there, but they couldn't catch the vision. And at the time, unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't as, as needed. So, you know, you make this decision at 19. You're a married man. Making a lot of decisions, man. Oh, my Short amount gosh. of time. I'm amazed, bro. <laughs> and for you to arrive, you know, obviously that, that stabilized. I'm a, big, I'm a big proponent of marriage. I'm like, I, sure. you know, I, it kind of just breaks my heart. I know I understand the human experience is different. People yeah. have failed relationships and for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah. But this thing is right. Like, yeah. this marriage thing is right. It it's, is, man. And, um, it's not overrated. Yeah, it's, it's the real deal. So... Like, how was that a stabilizing force? And immediately, immediately, immediately stabilized me. Uh, and and uh, and and the thing of it is, we can fight against it because we know, man, that especially if God's called us to that person, uh, the enemy is going to try to come in. Yeah, because we are both carrying some baggage with us. Yep, from our experiences or past relationships, uh, and so immediately, man, she came right on the scene and changed. My whole world. I didn't know how to get there. One of the things she told me was, "You gonna go to class, or I'm going back to I'm going back to Las Vegas." And I'm like, "I got people taking notes. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna get it right." But I got people taking great notes for me. Don't worry about it. Yeah. She was like, "No, you gonna be in the class." <laughs> See, I'm doing the same thing, but I want different results. And so I had to make that decision. And she was a part of that man. And all of, all those people that was in that room got kicked out. They got kicked out of Notre Dame. I was the only guy that didn't. Wow. And what that did, that shared with me my faith, defined it. And my wife, man, was my angel that helped me stay yeah. in Notre Dame. I owe her everything because without I love her, it. I'm not there. I'm not, I'm, the, I'm not getting drafted. Lou Holtz brings me in his office. He said, son, you couldn't even be captain. You couldn't even be voted. I got voted as a captain. I couldn't be a captain. My grades were so bad. But here I am in one semester. It was a 180. He says, I know it was your wife. I'm I'm a I'm a hug your wife on graduation day. This is legendary. <laughs> because he knew all that time I couldn't do it on my own, but God sent me the perfect mate. And here I am tag teaming me and my wife, man, at Notre Dame and uh and the rest is history. Man. The rest is history, man. Like listen, bro, that's like yeah. such a that's a transformational, you know, yeah. transact you know, like, it's not even a transaction, it's just pure transformation. That's everything that I yeah. live and believe for is truth. Trans- transparency and transformation. I appreciate yeah. you for sharing that. Yes, sir. So we're going to pivot, man. Like you, you, 
And, you know, not so much about the, you know, like, tell me, I got, I got some raw Tom Coughlin in the early years. At, at, <laughs> so, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to share, you know, we can share a couple of war stories, but yeah. tell me the culture shock that was moving into <laughs> to Jacksonville after overcoming what you, what you needed to there being a first round pick, yeah. heavy expectations. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like how did that shape your, your experience as a professional? Yeah. And so when you don't know any different, you know, Lou was already a little. He, well, he's tough anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? Lou's tough. He is. I had four. I had four different coaches my time at Notre Dame because mm. the coaches said it was too rough. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why Urban is who he is, as tough as he is. He, that's that. All that is is Lou. Wow. In Urban Meyer, you know what I mean? I mean, he would make coaches run laps if they were late. You know what I, mean? I mean, this is the type of guy we're talking about here. And so now, I mean. This is the pedigree that we miss in America today, baby. We got to get some grit. laps. Come on, let's go. You know, and so now I go to Tom Coughlin. I don't know any different. You know what I mean? So. This is beautiful. It, it's more so the culture. I just thought this is what it was. No, no shock for you. No shock. The shock was how other guys were responding to it. Got it. Veteran guys who are already on the team or maybe coming on the team brand new and hearing the murmuring, mm-hmm. the complaining, you know, all the things that guys were doing. I mean, guys would just not come to practice and they'll do roll and the gopher would say, he left overnight. I mean, that was a natural common thing, you know. Just, uh, oh, players God. just out, go. Yeah. Agent, call his agent, get me up out of here, man. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it, it, was, it was rough, man. Tom Coughlin camps. I mean, you knew the beginning of Tom Coughlin. <laughs> it takes years off your life, man. <laughs> Camp Coughlin. Listen, y'all had a different situation going on, especially because y'all got the heat of Duval County. You know, we we, we got some tough summers up there. And and, and I, obviously he had learned something from his experience. But you're talking yeah. about immediate success, though. Like some, So yeah. sometimes because of his his personality and his approach, yeah. he gets butchered. But talk about, like, what y'all actually accomplished. Like, yeah, man. Like, you know, tell me some of that part I, of it. Like, what yeah. were the beneficial uh, aspects that you may have experienced? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know any different, T. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, just from coming on the team, I went to the playoffs every year. Mm. So I just thought that was just a common thing. You just go to the playoffs. That's just expected. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you go, you win your division. We, I mean, we're in the in the same division at that time with the Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, yep. before they made the – the divide, correct, uh, and we're winning the division every year, you know, and so it was just expected that this is how you win, you know. But what came along with that were things that actually became the downfall. That's right. The small things became the big things. Sometimes those small things you think is not a big deal, but it mm. becomes a big deal because it's not sustainable. So when you're coming in the room and Tom Coughlin, as you know, has a notepad and he's looking at every single person in the room. And he's writing down what you don't even know he's writing down. You you checking yourself because you know I oh I can't have no white socks on. <laughs> I mean we're talking about small stuff. I can't I, oh I can't have hair that's over my collar or I got to make sure my top button is on. I got to have issue gear. This is meaning issue gear for those that may not know what issue gear is. That means the team gives you a a certain amount of gear mm-hmm. and it's got to be labeled with the Giants or whatever team you play with. Correct. And if you have on just your regular, you know, I don't know, at the time, FUBU shirt along with your – if you come in the organization, you can find a maximum fine. You know, and so you see. those things became a distraction, man. You you got this guy that's, man, just so over the top straight. We're winning, but it feels like we're losing. 
Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You can't bring your kids in the locker room. I remember the beginning of the downfall is when he said, keep your gods at home. Now, this Ooh. is not now, 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 TC probably. T- oh, yeah. Like, so such a different dude. He's like, a different guy. He's a different guy. He's a different guy. But when. And kudos to him for that. Yeah. But you're oh, talking yeah. about, you know, <laughs> you're talking about some real substance here. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're talking about it's, it's, it's these little things that became the microaggressors yeah. that totally dis- disrupted and destroyed the culture. Yeah. You're just not a likable dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing that we can do to please you, man. man. I just want Judy to come around more. Because <laughs> it seemed like when Judy, his wife, came around, he became a person. It's just like we all know, the, 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 these women are the secret sauce, man. <laughs> this is amazing stuff here, man. Like, you know, you're really laying the, laying the groundwork, how you really progress through life, and also how you progress through your career. So you're, you're, you're under some of these legendary coaches, right? Like, yeah. keep in mind, they're hard-nosed, your life, you're making grown man decisions all the way throughout. Um, I want to kind of hone in on, you know, what were some of the biggest pain points? Like, you know, like we, we experienced this being really skilled at something yeah. early on. And what were you uncomfortable with, um, whether it's as, a, as, a, as an athlete that you knew you needed a hedge against, or even as you, you know, kind of progressed into to the marketplace in any particular way, what were you uncomfortable with knowing your liabilities? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, the thing, probably a lot of times, the thing we're most uncomfortable with is the thing we fear the most. Okay. And for me, I feared just any type of um, speaking that I was asked to do. Mm. That was a, that was a anxiety to the utmost. Mm. Um, just for me, just didn't like speaking you know, it, whether it was in public, yeah. Um, even if it was doing a paper or or some type of book report, yeah. Uh, amongst friends, man, I'm great, you know. <laughs> but if you ask to, you know, hey, we'd love for you to, I don't know, share your story or talk a little bit, uh, and it can it, it was scars that came from really when I was a young kid. Okay. Um, you know, I had a bad uh, speaking uh, speech impediment issue. I slurred a lot. Um, they called it a lazy tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, you know, go to a speech pathologist that wasn't even offered, but you know, I didn't talk as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I would in elementary school just would not talk, you know, because of the embarrassment of how I sounded. Um, teachers wanted to hold me back. Thank God my mom being a teacher. She had to come on over from that public school and kind of lay down the law in that in the in the Catholic elementary school. But uh, you know, she she always fought for me, and um, you know, I just continued to just you know make it through. I, of course, uh, I tried to take speaking classes in high school, all types of stuff in college. So I knew it was going sooner or later. <laughs> you know, of course, when you get drafted as a first round pick, you know, That's, I was about to get to it. You yeah, know, they, they, they put the microphone in front of they your put face. The microphone so in front what, of you. what was the point of impact where you knew you needed to really collide this and, and confront the fear? Yeah. Um, I had gotten, um, when I got saved, my wife and I, when we first got to Jacksonville, it was such a surreal moment, you know, um, and, the chaplain at the time on the team wanted me to share my story. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't just saying share it in front of, you know, a Bible study. <laughs> you know, it kind of break me in a little bit, you know. Yeah. Of course, he didn't know that I had a fear of speaking. He's talking about, hey, we got the Jacksonville AAA baseball team, I mean, baseball park, and we're going to do an outreach 
FCA wow. is going to do, and we're going to pack it out, and I want you to share your story. You're like, you're going to be the linchpin. You're going to break this thing over, man. <laughs> man, I lied, man. I said, oh, man, I got something planned, man. And he looked at me. He knew I was lying too, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm not I just got saved. Nah, man. I, listen, man. I can't, I can't mess with <laughs> I can't, you. I, yeah. hey. <laughs> I said, man, I got I got uh, God I forgive know. me on this. Yeah, uh, hey, you got to, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, man, I, I was just like, man, there's no way. And then second time, he came back around again. I'm thinking, like, dude, he, he no, I, I ain't about to do it. And so, uh, but he ain't trying to break me in, like, just like, again, a small group or something or yeah. a little Bible study at the stadium. Yep. He, he talking about big stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the next time, Billy Graham Crusade is coming in town. Chill out, bro. Man, I'm like, dude, I mean, and 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 so this was one of his last crusades. So this thing is building up, man. Every, every, every city he's going to, it's just like, we don't know when this may be Billy's last time. I mean. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's barely walking on stage, you know? And so here's the buildup. And so they asked our chaplain, because it was at our stadium, where they were going to do the crusade, Wow! pick two guys to uh, give it to. And, and mind you, we got strong believers on our team. I'm talking about, you're talking about Tony Baselli, Mark Brunel. Awesome. I mean, some strong guys, about 15 guys deep on our team, strong believers. I love it. You know, and so I'm like, oh, man, they're going to ask Mark Brunel or Tony Bissell, one of the star guys, Brian Swartz, somebody. Yeah. And so he's up in the front. Tom Coughlin gave him the, you know, after the meeting, you know what I mean, gave him the floor and said, because what Tom going to say, Billy Crusade, Billy Graham Crusade. What you going to say? He ain't going to stand in the middle of that. So, so he says, hey, our chaplain, you know, he's got some things he needs to say. He said, hey, guys, I'm in, I, I need to – invite I need to you know pick two guys for this Billy Graham crusade to give their testimony yeah he said I got my two guys you know already and I, everybody's looking you know I'm like I'm in the back I'm a I'm a rookie man you know what I mean so Insane. he says Mark Brunel I'm like man heck yeah pro bowler man strong believer man the lead on the team and then he says Ronaldo went dude <laughs> I was looking around like what are you doing yeah I waited till everybody left, man. I'm like, hey, man, I seriously, you know, is this, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I prayed about it, man. I said, well, God didn't tell me this, man. I tell him. <laughs> and, 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 and I was about to lie again. <laughs> I was about to come up with a lie. Or get out your comfort zone, man, boy. Man, you talking about, and, and he stopped me before I even, he said, look, you can, you, you gifted to play in front of all these. Don had, he don't care. He going to call you out. He said, you gifted to play in front of all these people and you can't go up there and share your testimony Damn. about what God did. He said, I was going to get you the first time. I knew you was lying. Mm -hmm. But he said, he said, you want to go in and tell me that? Sorry. Well, he jerked all oh, the slack man. out that, man, <laughs> out that fearful you, heart. Huh? Man, I was so <laughs> nervous, man. I, I'm telling you, man. And mind you, this Billy Graham wasn't even going to come until a month later. So this was like preparation to get there, man. Yeah. I had so many sleepless nights, man. I mm. couldn't sleep. I was, man, I'm telling you, man, up until the night before the Billy Graham crusade, man, I remember being backstage and man, I'm sweating, you know, of course, Mark Brunel. Yeah. They, I mean, this is nothing for him. He's nothing. looking forward to it. Like, <laughs> he was like, no, no, you ready? I'm looking like, <laughs> I'm about to piss on myself back here, man. I got so many gifts running through my head oh, right there. <laughs> man, dude. Just, and, and so they tell me, they say, uh, hey, hey, gentlemen, you guys are up. And I'm, I look, it was like a movie, man. I looked out behind the curtain, man, and the whole stadium was packed. 
God. All the way up to the upper tier, not a seat left, plus seats all on the field up to the stadium, to the stage. And they say, hey, Billy Graham's going to come back and share a few words of encouragement, which you meant. I'm like, man, I need something. I need something. I've tried everything. I don't know what I'm going to say. And Billy Graham, he says these words. I'll never forget it because it was so simple. It almost got me. I'm talking about, he, he says, hey, gentlemen, let the Lord lead you. And walked. I said, is that all? I mean, I'm thinking Think he's about to drop a dime on you. I thought he was going to give me the hey, ultimate pep talk. Hey, Billy, I need something prophetic. I need you to minister to my heart. Man, come on. Give me some Pastor Kim or something. You know, <laughs> give me something. Oh, my Man, goodness. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> like, what? what is that? <laughs> but how profound is that? Sometimes the most simplest things, you know, yes. are the most powerful. It wasn't anything else but let the Lord lead you. That's it. <laughs> Man, that's I don't remember nothing else but... All I know is, man, that night it was a blur. I, I don't remember what I said. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm trying to get the video from the Billy Graham Crusade Library. I don't even know if I want to hear it, but <laughs> you know, just, just for my daughter, to, you know, as as a legacy piece. But that's right. At the end of the get day, that. yeah, man, I I just know that kind of broke the camel's back because I felt like God, if, if it's you to, for me to do this, you just threw me in the deep end. Said swim, you know, I'm a single swim, it. man. I and love thank it. God. For that, that 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 started on me on my way in terms of speaking. Of course, I still kind of work on those things, enunciations and all those things. Yeah. But that's that's what broke my fear, man. It's just he didn't break me in small. Just no, threw me right in, straight there. out into the ocean, Threw man. I, I'm I'm so I'm I'm enamored with with your your process because it's this amazing reoccurring theme of, and of course, no one knows it in the moment. But yeah. you had so you you've been. You've been you've had so much interaction with dynamic leaders. Like, you know, like how many people can say that Billy Graham said something to him at all? <laughs> <laughs> right. Directly, I mean, you know, right. like I mean, he's impacted so many. Yeah. But when I think about Lou Holtz and obviously Urban Meyer paved his own legacy. Yeah. Didn't end well over there in Jacksonville, but you know, I know he'll be back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Ur- Urban gotta realize that at the end of the day, and I think he may realize that if he ever get another opportunity that College players are different from totally. pro players. Totally. A lot of college coaches don't realize. I know Steve Spurrier, he had to realize that when he coaches at the Redskins. There I mean, go. it's it's a different world. You you, It's not the same. You got to mm-hmm. coach. You coaching grown men. There you go. <laughs> you coaching grown men. Grown men. Yeah. I'll never forget this fantastic bar from Ricky Williams, you know, when he came into the you know to the league. He was obviously dominant in Texas. And he yeah. says, well, you know, they asked him what the difference is. Like, well, you, you're, paying, you're playing against grown men with mortgages. Like <laughs> that puts it like, in perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you're, you're right. dealing with men that are taking care of their families, yeah. and you know, in a certain respect level, is, is going to be commanded, warranted, yeah, sure. or expected. Yeah, as much as you can establish authority. Absolutely. But I'm a, I, I gotta, I'm, a, I'm gonna spin it back because you, you're, you're, you're feeding me so, so much, um, so much, and I, I think your evolution into being a man of substantial impact, whether you wanted it or not, is so, so intriguing to me. I'm gonna flip gears. I know you had a la- amazing career with with the, with the Redskins. That's where we connected. Yeah. Um. You know, you actually single handedly put together a chapter in my book, the Hall of Faith. You know, we have a mutual connection with yeah, Kimberly man. Daniels. Yep. And you know, we wanted to highlight um, people who were really, you know, in, in the in the NFL who were who were like, hey man, like I'm not ashamed. Yeah. And and I think everybody has, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, I tell people there's a, there's like this weird marriage of religion and football. And 
you know, like, and I think it's healthy and it's fantastic and it's, you know, it's dynamic, but I'm like, I'm alive in Christ. And I said, well, you know, I would have, sometimes it was difficult to me to answer the question, like, who's the believers on your team? I mean, you mean the ones who are really living it or the ones who say they, (laughs) right? Right. Like, and and so people say, well, you can't be judgmental. I said, well, everybody's judgmental. You have to look at something. If it's red, you got to say it's red. That's a judgment. I'm not talking about whether he's going to heaven to hell. Correct. So it's that, it was that kind of experience. Yeah. But you had a, a locker room full of guys who had tremendous integrity, yeah. tremendous faith, and that's how we connected. And so I'm going to bring that back to, like, hey, man, it's like you, 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 Joe Gibbs was, a, was, a, was another, another important yeah, factor. You absolutely. ended up doing some tremendous work up until recently. Yeah. Talk about your, your experience working with Joe Gibbs Racing. This is like... Like, bro, you in NASCAR, you in Lou, Lou Holtz. You so you, you took, you had some, you talking about some pivots. Oh my gosh. Pivots that I never imagined when I would take, uh, I still get jokes from guys from the South side of Chicago when I talk about NASCAR, right? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And I never watched NASCAR. I, I never was a fan of NASCAR. I thought it was all. You know, left-hand turns, guys going in circles. I mean, guys are not athletes. All these other things that a lot of us athletes talk about when we look at, you know, motorsports. We in the same page. Yeah. I have not not a clue. I'm like, <laughs> dummy me, only person. Brad Darty is like the only genius <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in the African-American community. Genius, man. I'm telling you. And, and it, wasn't, it was unexpected. It was a situation where uh, Coach had a race here in town in Vegas, and I had some family members that were here and wanted to go to a race and say, look, you, you play for the guy that owns three teams, three <laughs> winning teams. The least you can do is call them and take them, take us to a NASCAR race. And sure enough, I end up calling. Uh, they got us passes and unassumingly I end up falling in love with the sport, man. I, I never watched it. I had a chance to now go and experience it. I love cars anyway, so now I get to feel the motors going, riveting through your chest. It's, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You see the strategy of how guys are going to win a race a tenth of a second from pit crew guys that are athletes can mm-hmm. change the whole trajectory of an entire race. And so all of this put together, I get hooked, and I start going to these races, DT. I'm going all over the country. I'm going to Dover, the Monster Mile. I know, the, you know, I'm going to the Bristol, the they call it the Great Coliseum. You know, yeah. I'm going to all these races, Martinville, the Black Widow, all these, all these iconic races. I'm going to on my own. Yeah. And Coach comes to me about two years into it and says, "You like this racing stuff here?" He Man. said, I, co- "I coach thousands of players." He said, "And you hadn't asked me for nothing." You just come as a fan. I said, Coach, I, I love it, man. I, I just want to come and just off season. Amazing. I want to come to a few races, just check them out, be a part of the whole environment. He said, I was hoping you would say that. I want you to think about maybe being a part of this team when you finish playing football. It's so legendary. This <laughs> is <laughs> so. Not only do I want to do that, but I'm gonna bring you in next off season. I want you to shadow for mm. two weeks up in Charlotte. And come down. I want you to learn everything. We got two back-to-back races: the Charlotte 600, the Coca-Cola 600. We got the All-Star race. He nice. said, "I want you to come up and experience it all." I did that. I got hooked even more, man. <laughs> I got hooked even more. Little did I know, I would get fired into that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Coach Gibbs actually cut me from the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get yeah, I got cut by Coach Gibbs on my birthday. Okay. By the Washington Redskins, and uh, it was it was a day that was 
<laughs> a lot of emotions. I'm about to say, yeah. talk, talk about that, because I'm sure you have a yeah. great amount of respect for him. Yeah, I do. And then you're talking about, you know, that that pain, the pain of that rejection. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. How You know, like, how'd you weather that? And, you know, what was your process? Like, most of us, we go through some... Yeah. Real, tr- some real traumatic morning at different levels, depending on where we are in life. Yeah, for sure, man. So how was how that work for you? You know, I, I didn't see it coming. Mm. You know, I, I you know I had just got nominated kind of as a captain on the team, uh, and you know I was in the mall in Tyson's. My wife actually had planned an entire birthday party for uh. me, uh, and I had never celebrated a birthday on September third. It always falls Labor Day somewhere around the start of a year of the football season. So she talked me into doing it. You got to listen to mama. So, uh, you know, she's inviting all these people. And yeah. uh, I remember the 12 o'clock. Now, now, DT, the part of it is, man, we've seen guys get released. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. It's horrible. Man. It's horrible. At every level. Know, at every level, man. It's just not, there's no other way around it. Nope. Uh, and, and so we feel sorry for a lot of guys, but I can never really understand what they went through until mm. I went through it myself. So real. You know what I mean? I, Man. I don't want, I didn't want that now. I didn't want to experience that. Yep. But I have the empathy now, that gift to really know what that is all about. And I went through all those emotions of all those years prior of seeing guys get cut. Here I am now. And I remember looking at my watch. My wife was in the mall. We're getting ready for this big birthday party mm. that night. Uh, and I'm in the mall. She's getting me a gift. I'm people watching while she goes in to get me a little quick surprise gift. And I look at my clock, DT, and it says 12.05. Now, why of all these times, now all of a sudden I look at my clock and I celebrate it. I was like, thank you, Lord. Wow. And my phone rings. Soon as I said, thank you, Lord, my phone rings in my pocket. I don't even answer it. I let it go to voicemail. Mm. <laughs> I pick up the phone, it's Redskin Park, bring your playbook, coach wants to see you. Those <laughs> those horrible words that every player, Man. you know what I mean, does so not want to hear. on your birthday. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about going from celebration <laughs> to morning. I'm in quick morning. My wife, my wife comes out of the store, she's ready to go. I'm like, look, there's not going to be a party tonight. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and cancel. Tell my grandmother, tell everybody we're canceling. Okay. Don't come. She was like, what? I'm like, I just got cut. She was like, no, you did. I'm like, yeah, I got cut. Mm. And so our, our good thing, not good thing, but our wives, our significant others, they go through what we go through. Real. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, one. You know, I always tell guys in prison, your family is doing that time with you. Whatever you experience, and they're doing it with you, you know? And so my wife, man, she's tore up. We were making that long ride diversion back to Redskin Park. I got to get my playbook, bring mm. it in. And emotionally, I'm about to go in and I'm about to cuss Coach Gibbs out. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm talking. <laughs> I'm about to cuss Get the coach there. out, man. I, I, you know, I, I told my wife, I'm cussing the coach out. She said, no, you ain't cussing the coach out. I said, yeah, I, I am. I'm cussing Coach Gibbs out. She said, we're going to pray. I said, we're going to pray after I get done. <laughs> we go pray after. Bro, thank God for our wives. They be thank out here God. trying to keep our testimony Man, right. <laughs> I don't want to hear what, what she had to say, but she wasn't going to let up. Mm. She said, no, we're going to pray right now. This is fantastic. And so I said, okay, all right. I say a quick prayer, man. Thank God. I, it, it, I'm mad, but I don't go in and I don't cuss Coach Gibbs out. I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be as humble as possible. Thank you for the opportunity, Coach. He's telling me about how he wants to go younger. And, yeah. um, 
you know, it was the hardest decision that he's ever had to make. I'm like, nah, I doubt it. But I'm sure you said that before. <laughs> right, exactly. You, <laughs> you don't say that about a thousand yeah, times. Sure you, said that you know what I mean? And, and so he's talking to me about being a part of this NASCAR team. I'm like, in, in that same meeting? In the middle of the doggone meeting, I'm getting cut. I'm, I got cameras waiting for me, man. I got to talk to I'm like, I got, I got my bag. Mind you, I got my, my trash bag already. My locker cleaned out with my trash bag, bringing so it up crazy. to coach. This is, this is, this is so <laughs> wild right here. So you're getting fired. He's, he's, he's stripping you of a piece of your identity, whether he knows it right, or not. Right. You know, I'm amazed at some of the observation that he's had in, in, in interest and seeing your interest. Yeah. But, you know, then the experience of it. So, you know, now you get into this, he's firing and hiring at and the same time. But I didn't, but it not knowing that, because I still want to play, DT. Of course. So I'm not done. What year is this for you? And then, yeah. How did yeah. you spin out of that? Yeah. So it's 2008. Mm -hmm. um, and so here I am, you know, fired, but I still want to play. So I'm not really hearing the other side of it. Yep. But you just said something profound. You talked about identity. Coach is looking at me as a man, mm -hmm. not as a football player, right? So he's speaking to the man. But from my perspective, you're speaking to a football player. That's right. Because still, I'm a football player that, happens to be a Christian and not a Christian that's playing football. Man, turn the tables, bro. Turn the tables. Turn the tables. And he told me, you're more than a football player, son. Boy, he was out here fathering. He was out here fathering, shaping. I couldn't hear it, though, DT, because I, I, I knew I still had years left. Mm. And mm. I'm hurt. I'm, 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 I'm feeling that pain yeah. right now. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is what it really looks like yeah. for the majority of us, you know, like as we're sure. kind of making our exit – and, you know, trying to determine, right. you know, we find so much worth and value and being high, uh, not just a, a football player, but I'm the best at what I do. Right. I've been the best at what I do. Correct. And so, like I said, as, as you understand stand this now, what was that transition like, obviously, you know, before you actually came to terms with walking away from the NFL? Like, you know, 2008, yeah. cut from the Redskins. What's the next, you know, what's the next few? Yeah, 2007, 2008, that off season, I ended up going, well, actually, it's before the season started. So I actually go to the uh, Saints Got uh, with uh, Coach Payton. And uh, I had a prayer after that, after I kind of picked myself, woe is me, <laughs> yep. feeling sorry for yep. myself. I just asked God, I said, look, God, just give me an opportunity. I didn't even ask to even start again. I just said, look, if, I, if you want me in the locker room to be able to, just pray and just be a part of something. I just didn't want it to end that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just realizing that I wasn't just a football player and I was so much more. And I wanted to live, I wanted to have that opportunity to share that with guys in some type of way Yeah. Uh, to make that impact. And, and he did honor my prayer. I didn't start another game, mm -hmm. but I was a guy that was behind the scenes yep. uh, in the locker room. Um, and then the same thing happened when I came to the giants, That's man, right. you know, uh, you know, just was a, a backup, which I was perfectly fine with. That's right. You know, and, and just having that opportunity to cross paths, again, already knowing you, but now being on the team with you and, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the other guys. Uh, and, and it was just a, a blessing, uh, humbly, to be a part of that, man. Listen, man. I mean, you, you number one, when you when you get toward the double-digit stages, um, you know, and, and trust me, we all evolve and, and come yeah. into terms with different shifts in our life. But man, like you have to have had such an enormous impact through your career to, to be in position for, for these teams to value not just your skill set, 
but your your leadership acumen, and that was definitely where our paths crossed. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a flipping man because, like I said, this the, this is all about the process and the journey, yeah. and and obviously your faith is cemented so much of your understanding, which is we're very similar in that. And now you're you're back, you know, like it's almost like a full circle. I remember you telling me you were from Vegas and you in a whole nother, like similar. We shifted at the same times. Yeah, man. You moved you move forward from Gibbs Racing and you come back home and you're you like on the hustle grind with these burn boot camps, bro. <laughs> so like what you know, in light of that, what is, you know, how have you, you know, stabilized have you dealt with the pivots and being a, a small business owner, franchisee, with um, this this real gritty gritty component yeah. of actual you know dealing with brick and mortar business? Yeah. So um, never thought I would even get into any type of gym business, mm-hmm. um, and it happened as a opportunity of what happened in Charlotte. Man, I, I mean, I'm 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 there. Joe Gibbs racing. To me, that's my dream job. After yeah. football, transitioning, you know, I'm eight years in, you know, winning championships with Cal Bush. This is you know, crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> winning, you know, uh, blessed to win three Daytona 500s, you know, and, you know, all these. So races. they give you all the jerseys uh, part? I mean, not the, the, rings, the rings and all you that. You got the 500 rings and the championship I, rings, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. gosh. You know, and, and then I'm doing ministry as well. Amazing. You know what I mean? Prison ministry and doing – you know, outreach events Amazing. all around the country, you know, working for coach as his executive director of his foundation. And so what else would I need, man? I mean, it's, it's, but my wife, she needed a purpose. I love uh, it. And, and it was for her that God crossed paths with Burn Boot Camp uh, for her to use that as a ministry piece. Awesome. Uh, and so she came to me and said, look, I have an opportunity to open this gym in my hometown. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I really want you to be behind it. Mm. <laughs> I said, can we do this in Charlotte? Can we do this? Why do we have to go to Vegas? This is my dream job. She said, well, this is my dream, and I've supported yours since I met you when you were 19. <sighs> Man. <laughs> that really, that really that hit. That hit. That hit hard. And with, with prayer, God worked on me. Yeah. And I say, okay. Man, lots of surrender, man. Lots yeah. of surrender, which is yeah. this beautiful thing that I think all of us come to terms with yeah. in our, in our, you know, like they said, the human experience. Yeah. Whether, regardless of what faith and beliefs you have, we all have to come to terms with certain things. And, you know, thank God you and I, we turn to God and we get peace. We get purpose. We get promise. But, man, I, I applaud you, man. Like, I applaud your, your, your journey. Your process is inspirational 100%. And it's grounded on the right things, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I can see that you're 100% more than your moment. Like, you've had a lot of moments. You've been right. a champion at different levels. <laughs> right. And um, I applaud you. Appreciate that. Um, you know, wrap this up because, you know, you you struck a chord. And I'm going to ask everybody this this fun little question because you've been a integral part of my life. So when you see the helmet catch, you're always asking, you know, what was your thoughts, you know, and, you know, any any story that went along with observing that moment? First of all. <laughs> where were you? I was about to say, where were you? Oh, my god! What were your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts for the catch of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm a fan of the game. You know, I, I, you know, I grew up being a fan of the game, so that's never changed. And, and watching that game, of course, 
you guys going up against a team that everybody's saying you guys shouldn't beat. Yep. I mean, yep. the, the entire game was a surreal moment, you know, and, and, and then hearing the backstory of, of Pastor Kim. And, yeah, yeah, you know the deep details. I mean, you know, just <laughs> it makes it even that much more of a miracle catch. It was. Uh, and, and the guy that you went up against. <laughs> guy, from guy from Chicago. Guy from Chicago. It took him a long time to get over that, which I understand. Rodney Harrison is, is yeah. an elite, elite performer, one yeah. of the best to ever put on a pair of cleats. Kudos to him. Oh yeah. And and so it had to be Rodney Harris. It couldn't be it couldn't be anybody else. Yeah. Because anybody else, they would have said, Oh, well, he made that catch against that guy or that backup <laughs> or whoever it was. But yeah. it had to be against him. One of the meanest guys, competitive. Mm -hmm. A guy probably, you know, who knows? Maybe nine other times he gets the ball out, but he did. But that was the one moment, yeah, uh, that definitely for me changed the perspective of how God can move in the game. Man, you know, I, I appreciate you for sharing that, man. Yeah. That that means everything to me because when people ask me about it, I'm like, it's not about wins and losses when it comes to right. God. It's about the fact that He cares about people. He cares, and He about finds. People. Whatever platform, whatever yeah. avenue, whatever venue, to show that this is my people, and I'm going to do something in their life, and go. and that that's that's kind of what it symbolizes, man. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, bro. Well. Um, bro, this is <laughs> we could be going all I day know. and all, all night, day. so all we gotta day. we gotta you know it's getting dark out there. Listen, man, this is Vegas too. I'm going to return you to your family. I'm going to return you to your grind. <laughs> but you know, you know, I appreciate you for being who you are for, for certainly being more than your moment, for being the, Same here. the inspirational impact to so many people along the way and continue to just walk in, in the fullness of your purpose, man. Thanks for coming to rap with me yeah, man. over here with Catch the Moment, man. Thank you for allowing me to share my story and my moments on Catch the Moment. Listen, man, so listen, folks, I need y'all to tune in. It never stops. It never ends. Like, subscribe, comment with Catch the Moment. Appreciate Ronaldo Wynn for bringing the heat. It's life-changing. 100%. Y'all stay tuned. Catch the moment.